Our text for our consideration for this evening comes from Matthew 26. Then one of the twelve, the one called Judas Iscariot, went to the chief priests and asked, What are you willing to give me if I deliver him over to you? So they counted out for him thirty pieces of silver. From then on, Judas watched for an opportunity to hand him over. When evening came, Jesus was reclining at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me. They were very sad and began to say to one one after the other, Surely you don't mean me, Lord. Jesus replied, The one who has dipped his hand into the bowl with me will betray me. The Son of Man will go just as it is written about him. But woe to that man who betrays the Son of Man. It would be better for him if he had not been born. Then Judas, the one who would betray him, said, Surely you don't mean me, Rabbi. Jesus answered, You have said so. This is God's word. My fellow sinners made saints by the blood of the Lamb. Why didn't Judas ask for more money? 30 silver coins was probably about four months' wages, but come on, man, be bold. Is this how little you valued Jesus? I'm curious how those negotiations went down. Did they meet in the middle? You know, the chief priests offered him 10 silver coins, Judas counteroffers with 50, and they meet at 30 silver coins? Or was this just the first offer on the table? Hey, let, let's offer him 30 silver coins, and when he counteroffers for 300, then we'll meet, meet him at 150, okay? We'll give you 30 silver deal. I suppose we don't quite know how things went down that evening, but it seems to me like Judas had all the leverage. It's the chief priests and the Pharisees that have the Jesus problem. It seems to me like they would have done just about anything to solve it. This is the Persians at Thermopylae before they discover the pass. seems like they give up half the kingdom to find another way. Just as they're struggling with this Jesus problem, in through the door walks Judas, someone within Jesus' own inner circle. You can almost hear the coins already going cha-ching in his bank account. He's holding all the cards. He's got all the leverage. Back up the Brinks truck. He is about to get paid. And then, just 30 silver coins. Makes you wonder, was Judas really just doing it for the money? Or was there a deeper reason for his betrayal? I think we all have our own set of questions regarding the last few days of Jesus' life. So much is written about these final days in all the Gospels. And each time I read the Passion History... I seem to be left with more questions. Questions like, why would Judas betray his friend? Questions like, why wouldn't Judas ask for more money? Tonight, let's consider a different question, a question that we can answer. Why'd he do it? Why did Jesus suffer throughout the Passion for us? Why did Jesus invite his betrayer to this final Last Supper in the first place? It seems strange to invite an enemy to such an intimate event. 
this whole interaction between Jesus and Judas, it doesn't take place in some impersonal way like email or text message. This is face-to-face at Jesus' last meal before he suffers and dies. It's curious how the man who is in large part responsible for the fact that this is Jesus' last meal, how does he make the guest list in the first place? But here they are, dining together, breaking bread, dipping their hands into the same bowl, drinking out of the same cup. We don't have a lot of answers to the questions that surround Judas and what was going on in his mind. And I think that's to be expected. Judas isn't the main character in this event. Judas, the antagonist, serves to continue on the story of our protagonist hero, Jesus. We learn about him only in so much as he's related to Jesus, the one whose narrative this is really about, whose story will climax at the cross. We might not know exactly what was going on in Judas's head, but we can answer the question we have about Jesus. Why would he dine with the man who is about to betray him? That's because of his love. The whole reason Jesus came in the first place was to save sinners. We hear later in the Bible that God wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. And that includes his betrayer, Judas. And that includes us as well. Judas would stab Jesus in the back. Jesus took on that backstabbing to forgive our sins. And then Jesus took his back and he placed it on the cross so that we would never have to endure its pain. All this he did because of his great love for Judas and his great love for us. I still have a hard time wrapping my brain around the fact that Jesus would invite his betrayer to his final meal. I understand that he completed the entire passion history for Judas, but you'd think maybe he'd want just a few hours with his loyal companions before he died. You'd think he might want strength from those people who were loyal to him. But instead, he invites his betrayer to this final meal. It's at this meal that Judas gets his feet washed by the man he would later hand over for 30 silver coins. And Judas, he gets to listen in on the conversation as Jesus, in anguish, explains that someone will betray him that night. And Judas gets to hear the response of his 11 compatriots. Surely you don't mean me, Lord. There was still time. There was time for Judas to reflect on what he was about to do. There was time for him to repent of his sins. Even after he goes through with his plan, there was still an opportunity for him to turn back to the Lord. The God who wants all people to be saved would take him in with open arms But instead, Judas lost hope. Instead, he went out and hanged himself. He turned away God's gracious forgiveness. Maybe there are times in your life that remind you a little bit of Judas's backstabbing in this account. Times when you maybe want just a little more silver so you don't quite declare all of your income on your taxes, not obeying Jesus to obey the government. Or maybe there are times when you stab God in the back as you don't just give in to the temptations that come to you, but just as Judas sought out those chief priests, you go out and 
seek the pleasures of this world that are contrary to God's word. Or maybe we stab God in the back when we simply refuse to admit that we've ever stabbed him in the back. Dear saints, you are not Judas. And even if you were, there is hope. God invites us to his meal. At this meal, we don't get our feet washed clean of their dirt, but we get our souls washed clean in the waters of baptism. At this meal, we get to enjoy a bountiful feast of nutritious words from our Father as we sing songs and listen to scripture readings. And yes, at this feast, we see Jesus drinking that cup of every betrayal, every backstab, so that this won't be our final feast, so that we'll have a feast forever in heaven. We don't know the answer to the question, why Judas didn't get more money. We don't know why he stabbed Jesus in the back. But when he did, he lost hope. Dear saints, when you fall into Satan's temptations and fall for his lies, trust in your Savior. Place your hope in him. You've been washed by the blood of the Lamb. You are now seated with fellow saints at Christ's banquet. You will enjoy that feast forever. Why did, you, why did Judas do it? Well, we're not sure. We might never know on this side of paradise. But why did Jesus invite his betrayer to his final meal? Why would he invite the person who stabbed him in the back to this intimate setting? It's because he loved Judas and he needed to die to forgive his sins. And he loves us and needs to die to forgive our sins. Why would Jesus go through this entire passion reading, this entire passion that we're going to read about in the coming weeks? I think the final verse of the hymn that we sang right before devotion summarized it well. Here we have a firm foundation. Here the refuge of the lost. Christ, the rock of our salvation, is the name of which we boast. Lamb of God for sinners wounded, sacrifice to cancel guilt. None shall ever be confounded. Who on him? their hope have built. Amen. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard and keep your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen. At this time, we now